And it's awesome, awesome to be back. The person of Jesus Christ, and today we're going to fly through the works of Christ. And then um, Kirk will take salvation next Sunday. Let's pray. Father, we praise you, we honor you, we thank you for allowing us to come, for having called us, Lord. Thank you because it wasn't us. Thank you because it's not us. It's you, the great provider. Thank you for my sisters and brothers here today. Give us a heart to understand you, to see you, and to be for you, Lord, every single moment of our lives. In your name we pray. And everyone says? You, yeah, you're awake. That's good. That is awesome. That is awesome. That's great. So uh, let's get to it. For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also receive, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with with the scriptures. That is the gospel. That is the work of Christ. I'm done. Let's go get coffee. That is it. But why? The question is, and we'll go through why he had to come. And I know this is very basic for my choir here. Because we're preaching to the choir. But it's always good to go back to basics. And that's what we're doing with uh, foundations, building on the foundation. And uh, so we'll go through uh, man's need for Christ. Um, We'll go through what Christ did. And then we'll talk about salvation next Sunday. But we'll go through some good stuff today. So, for I deliver to you as as of first importance what I also received. As of first importance. What does that mean? As of first importance. It's paramount. Nothing else. That is the most important thing I will tell you. That's what Paul says. If you hear nothing else, Paul says, this is the most important. So are you listening? Are you listening? All right, good. Osborne is not, but that's okay. That is quite all right. That is quite all right. <laughs> all right. Is he moving? He's not moving. Did he move? Yeah, he moved. Tony. Yes, sir. You mind reading that for us? Sure, no problem. You do mind? I do not mind. Okay. Uh, all right. Thank you. So Paul, again, is saying, what? You think we're perfect? Because we're Jews? Huh? Now, what is he quoting there? He says, "For it is, as it is written, anyone, I'll give you two, point, two extra points today. Scripture, all right. 
Thank you, you get half a point. All right, I'll give you the book. It's a psalm. The book of Psalms is quoting from two psalms. Tosh, would you look at Psalm 14? And you're close. 53. All right, would you mind, uh, Danny, would you mind looking at Psalm 53? And Tosh, read verse 1, 2, and 3. And Danny, verse 1, 2, and 3 of 53. Sir. Not even one. Not even one. You hear the quote? Danny. 53. 1, 2, and 3. Not, not one. You hear it again? What's a point of application there? Because that psalm was written long before Paul was born, right? Anyone? Mm-hmm. But what about, what about him quoting? What does that tell us? It's simpler than that. Then we need to know Scripture. It's much simpler, guys. I'm not trying to be here... Uh, <laughs> he's quoting scripture so we memorize scripture he studies scripture and the spirit uses it when we need it and it comes out and sometimes sometimes we quote things it's like how do I even remember that I remember memorizing that when I was seven but the point is that Christ is from Genesis to Revelation as it is written. Now, what th six things is man guilty of? From that quote, not, not all, for we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greece, Greeks, are under sin, as it is written. None is righteous. The first one. Man is unrighteous. Man is guilty of unrighteousness. None is righteous. No, not one. Second, no one Understand. understands. You don't get it. We don't get it. He is the Christ. How about the third one? No one seeks God. Uh-huh. Number four. All have turned aside. What does that mean? We have gone astray. Disobeyed. In Psalm um, 14, it says, they are corrupt. And when it says they, he means us. We are corrupt. But I'm not. A politician is. I'm not. Yeah, it's some truth. <laughs> we have turned aside. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. That's hard. 
That's in Psalm 14. I'm quoting for 14. Number five, they have become worthless, corrupt. But I'm good. I'm gooder than good. Hmm. And last but not least, say again. No one does good, right? Six things that we are guilty. What does that have to do with the works of Christ? Everything. Because God created us. He's the ruler, the creator, and he gave us rule over his creation. And then it was messed up. And that's what happened. And that's what happens every single day of your life. And that's a realization that we need Christ. Because I'm not good. Not even one. Tony, no. I am good. You're not. (laughs) Any questions? Yeah. But a statement. And is that good, good enough? Because the measurement of good is holiness. And we're going to, you're getting ahead of my third slide here, but that's okay. That's okay. You guys are too good. You guys are too good. That's what it is. So man is, tell you what, uh, Wade. John 8:34 Jorgito James 1:15 Yes you looking at me <laughs> Ephesians 2 1 2 and 3 And on this side Osborne sure. Ephesians 5:6 and we're going to see, based on what we just talked about, the six things man is, and based on the Bible. Number one, John 8.34. Who has it? Wade. Uh-huh. So man is a slave to sin. Right? James 1.15, Jorge. So the end result of sin is death. So man is slave to sin, and sin results in death. Ephesians 2, 1, 2, and 3. All right, so man is... A child of wrath. Hmm. That's a, that's a heavy one that we just read. So, and you were dead in the trespasses of sins in which you once walked, following the curse of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That is why. And because of that, among whom we all have 
all once left in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, we are by nature children of wrath, slave to sin, and sin brings death. And because we are children of wrath, who has uh, Ephesians 5, 6? So we will all experience what? The wrath of God. I'm done. <laughs> Finished. Adios. I don't think so. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> Any questions so far? I know it's a little bit of a, I know this. But we don't know it enough. Okay? So now the question is, will God tolerate sin? Nope. Is that simple, huh? Nope. Okay, so God will assert his holiness. He demands conformity to that holiness. And Bob says, yes, he does. And yes, he does. But we will never be holy enough. Although I'm better than you guys, again, I just want to say I'm here. I'm here. I have to be. I don't think so, guys. And humble, yeah. All right, so man is faced with. Let's do. Let's do this. Um, Angela, Romans three twenty three. Mercy, James four four. Who hasn't read? Miriam, who's looking at me. First John 5.19. And on this side, Veronica. Romans 5.6. Would you mind reading uh, Romans 6.23? And who's one Second Thessalonians 1.9? Anyone? Would you read it, sir? Bob, would you read? Um, I'll get it up there. When is your turn? Second Thessalonians one nine. All right, let's let's get to it. Romans three twenty three. Mm hmm. So man is faced with he's fallen, falling short of what? Of the glory of God. He's facing sin. James 4.4. 4. Huh. So man is faced with what? Being a enemy of God. That's a scary thought. For those who realize who God is. Because we know, we understand it. We're here because he brought us here. We realize he's the creator. He's all-powerful. He's got all those attributes that we talked about. 
Now, how we get so antsy when someone just has no realization of who God is and they just talk about God like they talk about lettuce or even worse. But until we realize who God is, we're the, his enemy. First John 5.19, who's got it? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So if you're not in God, with God, you're subjected to Satan. Romans 5, 6. I think it's you. Uh, read it again, that, that first part. Keep going. At the right time. You hear it? We can't save ourselves. We can't do it. He did it at the right time. There's an application there. If Christ died at the right time, and that right time was a long time from the moment sin overtook the world, but it was the right time for him to die. Why we don't have the patient, patience to understand that the Lord is going to bring what he's going to bring to your life at the right time. I know, but I'm not talking about God. I'm talking about us. If he die at the right time, to save those who repent and believe in him. Why do we doubt that he is going to bring what he is going to bring for us and to us, i.e. his joy at the right time? So don't question. Say, you're going to bring it to me at the right time. But he's not answering he is. He's going to bring it or not at the right time. And you know what that is? When we live our life with, yes, at your right time, it's called contentment. And Paul said that he was content with much or with little. That he realized that. I know I'm not saying exactly how he said it. But that is their realization as children of God that we have to have in our lives. All right. Now, Romans 6.23. He's got it. (laughs) 6.23. Amen. That's the good news. Right? Best news ever. And last but not least, Second Thessalonians. Oops. Second Thessalonians one nine. Go ahead, sir. Amen. Do you hear it? Do you hear it in your heart? Say again. It's terrible. So God is not going to tolerate sin. The death sentence 
it's there. So it's no commutation unless, unless. Troy, would you read that for us? Can you see it there? No? Oh, the camera's not on? No? All right, go look for um, Philippians 2, 7, 8. Maybe. He's learning to read now. All of that in 7 and 8? What version are you reading? The extra special. (laughs) I understood that. So having this mind, I know I have a lot there. I'm I'm reading from 5. Having this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who thought, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death. Why does he stress even death on the cross? Huh? It was what? A huge... It was the worst. Yes, sir. Right. So, he emptied himself. What does that mean? He left it all. He left his perfectness with God. He could have said, no, Dad, I don't want to do that. But he humbled, he emptied himself, and became flesh. Hmm? Took the form of a servant, not of a prince, of a servant. And in that context, servant equate slaves. I mean, there were some um, levels, but they had no, they were owned and born the likeness of men. He was God. I'll be with you in a sec. But the point I think you made it is he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. He knew. He knew it. And that's example. That's the and he did it at the perfect time. Carl. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. He took the curse of those who who are under Satan, because we're enemies of God. We're enemies enemies of Him. But we sort of talk about God and Christ, and He is God. He came to die for his own enemies. You know, we, t- we tend, again, we tend to separate his God, and then it's, it's Christ, and then it's the Holy Spirit. You know, they're not the same thing. They are the same thing. They're the same guy. They're the same person. They're, they're three in one. You get it? Would you die for your enemy? 
I don't think so. Would you die on the cross for your enemy? Not likely. Not likely. I don't think so. I wouldn't. It's my enemy. Hmm. Not sure we do it for a friend. I might do it for my children. I might, I said. I think I would. But I haven't been to a point that I would need to die for my children. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm guessing here. That's a realization we have to have of his work. He was despised, rejected, a man of sorrows, says Isaiah 53.3. And if you read all of that, it's something. Have you ever read Isaiah 53? Have you really read it? Let's read it. Okay, Victor, no problem. Listen to what it says, if I can find it. Who has believed what he has heard from us? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That's a question. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. No prince here. It's just a guy. No beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we stint him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with him wounds we are healed. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. All. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of, of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before the shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man on his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Man of sorrows. And Hebrews 9.22 says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shed, shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. That's his work. That is his work. That was Hebrews 9.22. So Jesus Christ, his work is the answer to all man's problems. Remember we talked about unrighteousness? There they are. Not understanding, not seeking God, turning aside, being useless, 
not doing good. We're slaves to sin. We're facing death. And we're facing the wrath of God. (laughs) Exactly. Right on. But Christ. And we have all of those. All right, let's start from here. Stephen, can you read for us? Romans 5.19. Danny, read for us again, if you don't mind. 1 John 5.20. Osborne, please, Luke 19.10. Tony, 1 Peter 2.25. Mercy, 2 Peter 1.8. Miriam, Ephesians 2.10. Uh... Uh, you, I can't believe I can't remember your name today. Oh my goodness, Jenny. What, Madame Priante? I'm gonna call you that. See, at least I don't skip people like Tony does. Yeah, you got that. <laughs> Romans eight two. You ready to read? Yes, John five twenty four, and Wade. Romans 5, 9. Okay? So are we ready? Yes, sir. Ready? Stefan. All right. So the solution in Christ for unrighteousness is through the obedience of the one, the many, will be made righteous. Actually, I'm going to put them all there. But we, you're going to read what you're going to read. All right? 1 John 5. So man doesn't understand, but we have understanding in Jesus Christ. He is solving. Again, it's the work of Christ. Luke 19.10. Sorry. Uh-huh. So we're not one, not seeking God. Do you remember? That was our problem. And Christ came to seek us. He's solving our problem. 1 Peter 2.25. So we went astray. I think Danny said that. We turned aside. But he came to return us to the shepherd. To bring us back to God. You hear it? You see it? Second Peter 1.8. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, we stop become useless. We had a problem. It was there, wasn't it? We said it. We read before that we are useless, no longer in Christ. We are fruitful in him. Ephesians 2, 10. Aha! We should walk in them. We're not doing good if we're not in him. But we are in him. It says to walk. They don't bring you to him. But you walk doing good because of him. 
You don't gain anything, but you prove everything. You understand? You follow that? You're not good unless you're in him. That's awesome. That's great. That's the good news you wanted to hear. I was going to get there. I was going to give you that. Yeah! All right, Romans 8.2. So we are free from the law of sin and death. We're no longer slaves to sin. You hear that? No longer slaves to sin. Oh, I'm I just I'm that way. No. You are not. You are in Christ. You cannot be that way. Do we fall? Yes. But we need to learn and accept and let Christ work in our hearts. So we are no longer. We have that solution. John 5.24. We will live forever. All of us, including the world, it's where you're going to live. I always tell him, you're gonna, you know, I'm going to live forever like the sun. Yes. It's where are you going to live? Two ways to live. In him, and I didn't want to think of the other one. Because he is the solution of our death sentence. Romans 5.9. So we're not saved from sin. We're saved from the wrath of God. No, no, he's going to save you from your sins. No, he's going to save you from the consequence. Now you work on, because you're not a slave to sin anymore. You understand that? You get it? And if don't, say, no, I don't get it. And we'll beat you up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, we'll go back through it. Because that's the point. Because the point of all this is we're called on a mission. What's our mission? To go therefore, or as you go, make disciples. I.e., teach them, bring them, bring the word, bring gospel, bring God to them. And God will do what God will be doing. Wherever you are, whether you're a student, whether you're in the military, whether you are in a boardroom, whether you own a business or don't own a business or work whatever, you are called wherever you are to be God for them, to be the testimony of all of that, all of that. You have it in your books, guys. That is part of this thing. Review it. What is it? It's apologetics. This is gospel. But now, we're missing just one thing. Just one thing on all of this. What do you think it is? 
he didn't stay dead. And that is the great news. Because otherwise, he would have been just another man who died. And that is God. And on the third day, he came back to life. And you cannot have salvation without the resurrection. And we don't talk enough. We always talk about his death. But we need to celebrate. Today we will celebrate, commemorate his death and resurrection. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by man came death, by a man has also come the, resor- the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each on his own order. Christ, the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. See, he always lives to make intercession for them. And that is, we said the works, the work of Christ. All of it. All of it. Any questions? Because I don't have more. He will come back again. Of course you can. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So in other words, how do we know that what he said was true? Because he said and did and demonstrated and proved what he said. You can, you can go on about and blah, 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 but you're going to end up always saying, yes, it happened. It is proven. No other religion has a savior that died and resurrected. None. They can say whatever they want, and the spirituality, and the chants, and all that. It has nothing to do with a God. It has to do with their selfishness and ego. They're serving themselves. And if you want to serve yourself, you're in the wrong place. But he's asking you to serve him, God. That's what we said earlier, that we have to realize who God is. And until we realize that, we can't come to him. Because it's not about what Osborne is going to get out of Christ or what I'm going to get out of Christ. We're the the, uh, children of the king. We need to have all that prosperity and all that blah. It doesn't happen. It is not. You get here. It's that eternality. 
He was a man of sorrows. You want to have what Christ had? Sorrows. You want to serve other people. You don't want to be served. You want to love others. You want to love your enemies and die for them. You get it? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I like, "Mm." and it's okay because he's still with me and I'm with him because he said I will be with you till the end. Is there an end to him? No. It says right here. We just read it. It's up there. Is it? Yeah, it's up there. For, uh uh-huh, it continues forever. All right, I'm done. We'll talk about salvation. Kirk will address salvation and everything that has to do with salvation and have many questions for him. Actually, I will email a list of questions that you can ask him. No, I don't know. (laughs) Or you can come to our... um, Sebring trip, you can uh, go camping with us. We are, actually, we talked about preaching from the camping and streaming it here, but it's too much to do. It would have been fun. Um, remember, we have a delicious burgers and hot dog after service today. Uh, We'll be inside and outside, whichever you choose to sit at. And the point is to fellowship and to enjoy uh, Christ within ourselves. All right? Let's pray. Oh, Father, we can only say thank you. And thank you and thank you. Because you are the solution to what we need, Lord. Give us a heart to preach you constantly, to bring your word, to bring your sacrifice, to live your sacrifice for others. Bless our time of service next. Be with Freddie as he preaches. Be with um, our worship group as they sing, and we all sing to you worshiping song and prayer petitions, and preaching. Thank you, Jesus. And in your name we pray, amen.